the central parsha, the central sedra of the second half of Chumashmos. Now, the first half of Chumashmos was the extended story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim leading into Maman Har Sinai and the Mitzos and the Bris. And then, as the Ramban explained to us, is still a continuation in a certain sense, um, in the sense that now the Klaishal went through that process, that trajectory of Yitzhak Mitzrayim leading to Muhammad Har Sinai, Kaddish Baruch Hu now wants to pivot that um, into something permanent. And the Muhammad Har Sinai experience is going to be less intense, but but far more far more enduring when with a with a Mishkan. The Trumat Tzava, Kaddish Baruch Hu tells Moshe, we get to hear Kaddish Baruch Hu telling Moshe Rabbeinu what he needs to tell Klal Yisrael about how to make a Mishkan and make the Kalim and make the Big Dikuhuna and how they're going to go about. Um, Running uh, Miluim to launch the Mishkan and the and the Kedushas Kohanim, and then Vayakal Pikude, we're going to hear Moshe Rabbeinu telling the Jewish people, and the Jewish people responding with incredible, incredible, incredible energy. Someone at my Shabbos table Friday night, I was very taken by this. Someone who lives in in one five hundred, in the uh, apartment building that overlooks. Every community has its own uh, drop spot, so the the. Uh, in Bergen County, there's a, a group, Leiv Echad, that's been gathering a lot of tzuyu over the last couple of months, is shipping to Israel. And the drop spot is sort of uh, across the street from his apartment building. And he said he's been watching, looks out his window, he's been watching people just, you know, drive lines of cars driving up and dropping off, dropping off big bags, small bags, pallets, boxes. You know, people go and buy whatever is necessary for, for the soldiers, for the families in Israel. And he said he had like a, a feeling that someone else at our table said she'd been thinking the same thing. She had like a feeling like he was watching, like that's what it would look like to watch the Jews next week's parasha, like dropping off. Moshe Rabbeinu announces, you know, here's what we need. And people just come, call them Divlev, and people brought more. People, as Rashi raised, people, different people brought different things. It's like he felt like he wasn't sure if, he, if it reminded him more of watching Jews bringing Bikurim. Some people bring the fancy baskets and the small baskets and the big and the small. Everyone's, or if it would remind them more of the uh, of of this uh, truma for the Mishkan. Someone else at our table Friday night. So she said it struck her. She was she had been learning parsha with her grandson, and he asked her. He was trying to figure out like why did Hakadosh Baruch Hu need the Jews to to give for the Mishkan, and she was struck. It's like. HaKadosh Baruch Hu could have organized, sort of it, that, that when Simchus Torah attack happened, that Sahal would be fully, would be fully stacked. And I said, like in retrospect, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted us to be more plugged in, like we saw the Sefer Chinuch the other week. That, that the mitzvahs of giving tend to have a lot to do with building the, the giving nature of the givers. HaKadosh Baruch Hu could take care of the, the needs of the Nitzrachim in other ways. HaKadosh Baruch Hu was giving us a chance to give. HaKadosh Baruch is giving us B'nei Chutzlaretz a chance to be at least somewhat plugged in, to, to be a part of that, that Nediva Salev. Very, very powerful image. So here is the, the in-between. Kiparshat Kisisa is the center of that. In-between HaKadosh Baruch Hu telling Moshe Rabbeinu the bulk of what he's going to have to tell Kali Yisrael and Truma Tetzava, and then Vayakal Pichude, Moshe Rabbeinu telling the Jewish people, and they respond with incredible Nedivos, and then they put it together, and finally the, the Mishkan is, is constructed, and at the close of Ayat Pikude, 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu is indeed Master Shekhinasa, and then the Mishkan works. Now we are in the middle. A lot going on in the middle in Kisisa. Some of it is very painful, the whole story of the Chet Egel. Now take a look before the Chet Egel. Beginning with Perak Lamaral. After hearing the, the abstract mitzvahs, the rules for, for the Mishkan and the Kalim and the Begadim and the Miluim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu here in the, towards the beginning of Kisis uh, deals with personnel issues. He says you have to have a project manager. Who, who's going to be overseeing? A lot of people are going to be participating. But who's going to be managing this whole project? Re'ei karasi b'shem. Here we are, Perak Lam and Al-Pasik. Re'ei karasi b'shem b'tzalel b'nuri b'nchur. L'mati Yehuda. Look here. I have called by name B'tzal the son of Uri, the son of Chor. Shevet Yehuda. So what strikes you about that? We took, take that for granted. We've heard this before. What strikes you about that? Okay, call him by his name, his grandfather's name. Right. Who is this Betzalel? Right. And not only does, it, does the Pasa give quite a bit of names, but also says, Re'ei karasi b'shem. Look, look! I'm naming, I'm calling by name this Betzalel ben Ur ben Chor. Amar Hashem, the Moshe. Re'ei karasi b'shem. Look here. I'm calling by name. Moshe Amar Yisrael. So that, that language that seems like interesting and, and, and seems to us at first glance a little superfluous. I'm giving you a mitzvah. There's a parsha re'ei because that language is not so common. But look here. Okay. It's to say. We're just saying. It's going to do the job. And, and if it's not striking enough that you have this language here, in Parshas Vayakil, when Moshe Rabbeinu conveys this to Klal Yisrael, Moshe Amar Yisrael, Ru'u Karashem B'Shem. The same language all over again. So apparently there's something very significant about seeing, noticing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has called by name this individual. So what, 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 why is this something you have to look at? Something you have to notice more than any other, any other Tivoli of the Mishkan. Don't say Re'ei Ru'u Hashem said you have to make an Aaron. Ru'u Hashem said you have to make uh, Urias and Krasim. So why Ru'u Kar Hashem B'Shem? Hatam, what's the Pirish Advar? Rabban says, Ki Yisrael b'Mitzrayim pruchim b'avodos chomer ulvenim. He says there's something much larger, which is shocking, which is, remember where the Jewish people had been just a couple months ago. For over two centuries, until a couple months ago, we were in Mitzrayim. For much of that time, we were avadim. Pruchim, avodas parach. Pruchim, avodas chomer obenim. We were broken. We were shattered by working with uh, with bricks and working with mortar. Lo lamdu melachas kesef ezav haroshes avadim tovos. The Jews were not trained in 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 with working with precious metal, silversmithing, goldsmithing, working with jewels, haroshes avadim tovos. We were not trained in this. No, we were not trained. We didn't see any of that. That was not part of our reality. Which Jewish slave, even that maybe you got to see on your master's finger, you weren't, uh, weren't touching it, you weren't dealing with it. You certainly weren't trained to work with it. It's actually a nace. It's actually a nace. To have among the Jewish people 
someone who was incredibly skilled and knowledgeable at working with silver and with gold, with stones, with wood, with textile. Choshe Brokem and Oreg are different ways of dealing with uh, textiles, weaving and embroidering. Even if you are training, you're apprenticed to a master craftsman. You're not going to find someone who's, who's an expert at all of these. You'll have people who have expertise in working with silver. You'll have people with expertise who are gem cutters. You'll have people who are master carpenters. But to have someone who's a, a master of all trades, that's shockingly rare. And even if, so number one, they never even saw this. He, he wasn't, no one was trained. And even if you would be trained, you wouldn't have Bikias across all of these. And even if you were trained in your particular area, even the area for which you were trained, even someone who's knowledgeable and even has experience, Ragil, both, but still, if you go through a period when your hands are constantly busy with the mud, You'll lose the fine dexterity that you had. Uh, so it's already nace al gabe nace al gabe pela al gabe pela ba gabe pela, without any experience, and to have such a scope, and that even if you would have been trained, you wouldn't have lost the dexterity through all the rough work in Mitzrayim. And then number four. The old here speaks the Ramban the Makubo. The old shul chacham gadol bechachma uvesvuno uvedas. So, certainly those who are familiar with the Sefer Atanya will appreciate the Ramban's uh, referencing spheres. Chachma binandas. That's Chabad stands for Chachma binandas. Lubavitch is not from the town of Chabad. They're from the town of Lubavitch. Well, in part from the town of Lubavitch. Chabad is Chachma binandas. That's why Ramban is driving him. He was a chacham gadol, the chacham of the tevunu v'das lahavin sod hamishkan v'chol kelav. Not only did he have the technical expertise, to the craftsmanship and the dexterity to physically produce these these beautiful works of wood and of precious stones and of textile and so on and so forth, but he also had the, all, all the depth of Kabbalah to appreciate al pisod what the mishkan means and to appreciate al pisod v'chol kelav. Towards what end was Hakadosh Baruch Hu be mitzave? What are the ramaz and what are the hidden meanings in, in the different parts and the different aspects, the different elements of the Mishkan? Therefore, says to Moshe the Ru Karasi B'Shem is not you know, here, pay attention. I'm pointing someone. No, no, no. I don't have to say. Pay, Moshe Rakhash doesn't have to say Moshe. Pay attention. He doesn't say pay attention to anything else. No, he's saying stop and notice. Stop and notice. The way Chagai says, we saw the Mitzvah Shisham quotes it. Sometimes you have to stop and notice the things that Kaddish Baruch Hu. Doesn't Kaddish Baruch Hu sending us messages? We're so busy doing stuff. We don't stop to. Uh, to appreciate the subtle messages that Kaddish Baruch is sending us. So Hashem says to Moshe Venu, take a moment to appreciate the Pella. And, and what's he supposed, what are you supposed to draw from that? Okay, so that's incredible. You're supposed to draw from it that, as Ramban told us in Parshas Bo, 
that Nisim indicate to us that Kaddish Baruch was running the world? Maybe, but we already saw plenty of other Nisim. Well, what's the message to draw from specifically the quadruple Pella that there, that, that Kalal Yishol has a, has a Batal? What would that tell Moshe Rabbein? What would that tell the Jewish people? Think. Look at the Rabban as well. And you can think. Mishnah's pretty important. Right. Really bad. The wants this. wants it. is invested in this project. It's not so that always Look at that. What a fluke. We have this unbelievably talented person. No. There's purpose here. There's Talos. As you said, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a specific interest. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants Klaizhah to put together a Mishkan. He created him for his kavod. As uh, Shavel points out on the, in the footnote 94, it's a, it's a paraphrase of a Pasuk in, in Yeshayahu. He probably, Ramban probably means for HaKadosh Baruch, sake of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's covered, he created Bira'o, Bara'o Sol, Bara, what or whom? Probably B'Sal. In other words, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted the Mishkan, so that's why he saw to it that Claudius will be blessed with a B'Sal, Ki Hu Korea Doris Merosh. Like learned in Mitzrayim, where he like suddenly was walking in the midbar and was like, "Oh wow, we don't want to do all gold and silver and diamonds and everything." It's hard to know for sure. Um, it sounds to the Ramban that it was just, uh, yeah, it, either born, that he was born, born he was born with this like prodigious talent that sort of seemed out of place miraculously, or that all of a sudden they were in the midbar and then all of a sudden like it just Pitzal wakes up one morning. Like uh, like the Pesukim described and say from Malachim, Rabbi Shlomo Malach. Shlomo Malach is appointed king and he has this Nevuah dream. He appointed the king as a boy. He has this Nevuah dream and HaKadosh Baruch comes to him and asks him, so uh, what do you want? You want money? You want power? You want, you know, you're going to be a king. What do you want? And he says, I want wisdom to judge Kalash I'm not looking for money. I'm not looking for power. HaKadosh Baruch says, you chose well. You'll have them all. And immediately after that, is the haf- is uh, the, the story of the two women, right? The, the rare, one of the rarest haftaras on the calendar, the haftar of Mikates, that we talk about this year. And you know, when the two women come, try to figure out whose baby is, who's the mother of the live baby. And that's, that, that story is the follow-up to that, that uh, Navua dream that, that Shlomo has. Uh, it sounds like he wakes up and HaKadosh Baruch Hu suddenly blessed him overnight with an extraordinary amount of Chachma. So it could be it's what happened to Basal, that Kaddish Baruch Moshe, he's telling Moshe, I don't know, he's telling Moshe, go, go see Basal, and you'll find that all of a sudden I just gave him this unbelievable Chachma? Maybe. Or it means that he was born this way? I'm not really sure. But either way, that I don't know. That's an interesting question. Um, yeah, that actually is a significant question. Yeah, question. We'll come back to that soon. Um, it was such a power. <clears throat> Why did Hashem need to say A... Like they should realize by themselves. Oh, uh, uh, good. Why? If it's such a pella, everyone knows. So that may speak to, to what Yaakov is saying. It could be it was punked this morning. That's what it sounds like. 
he woke that, up. It sounds like that because then I feel like if if he had been born with the knowledge of like goldsmithing and then the dude's had a gold at this point for a while already, he would have been like playing with it. He would have been known. I feel like, but. He's like, oh, you saw that guy, you know, the guy I saw yesterday? Now he's like a massive goldsmith. Go check him out. Oh, 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 oh. You're saying very good. You're saying very good. So on the one hand, you say, well, why does Moshe Rabbeinu have to, why does the Kodesh Baruch have to point out to Moshe Rabbeinu and, and indicate to Moshe Rabbeinu that he should point out to Klaus Rabbeinu as he did, did as he indeed did in Vayakal. Everyone knows. Right? So it could be that means, no, take, take a look at that. It just happened now. There's another possibility, though, which is everyone knew that Batal was this unusually, like, superbly talented uh, prodigy. Um, but maybe even more powerfully, HaKadosh Baal was telling Moshe Rabbeinu, yeah, you know that there's this prodigy named Batal. I want you to appreciate what it means. Pay attention to that. And that, what I was saying before, Chagai, Chagai... Chagai is sent by Rebbeinu Shalom to the Jews and call the Jews in Eretz Yisrael. They had they had um, been sent back from Bava. They had been given authorization by the Koresh, the Emperor of Persia, to return to Eretz Yisrael to reestablish a Jewish community and to have a semi-autonomous uh, situation and even to go back and build the Beis Hamikdash. He's encouraging Beis Hamikdash. The Jews come back. Under Zerubbabel, and uh, and they try, yeah, yeah. and they try. The neighbors were not very happy. The Jews were back. It repeats itself. The neighbors were particularly unhappy about the Jews being busy with Harabias. It repeats itself. Uh, <coughs> and first, the, the non-Jewish neighbors in Eretz Israel tried to uh, scuttle things in a friendly way. Say, oh. Let's join you. We'll work on it to base and make this project together. And Zerubbabel says, thank you very much, very kind of you, but we'll work on it by ourselves. Thank you. And then when that doesn't work, so then the neighbors try uh, rougher ways of stopping the, the base and make construction project. And indeed, they do bring it to a halt um, for, for years, for years and years and years. The base and project is just sort of on hold. The ultimate, the ultimate uh, construction project, just paused, paused for years and years and years. The Rosh says Chagai Navi, and Chagai uh, is sent. Uh, it sounds like an open letter. You know, you write an open letter to someone, but you're publishing the newspaper. Obviously, you don't just mean for that one person to read it. Ideas, everyone's going to hear what you're saying to him. So Chagai is sent to speak to Zerubbabel, who's the, the political leader of Klal Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael, and and Yehoshua Karngadol. Um, but everyone hears it. it. It sounds like he may have been like a public. He may have delivered this message publicly. Everyone hears. Everyone responds. Zubavel, Yoshua, and everyone else. And he uh, he says to them. He says the people seem to think that now is not the time to build Beis Hamikdash. He says, Why don't you pay attention to what's going on? Have you noticed that you've been farming the last couple of years and things don't really grow well? Have you noticed you've been eating? But you don't really feel satisfied. You drink, da, da, you, know, you, you, you wear clothing, but you don't really feel warm. And people are making money in business, opposed to the farmers. The farmers aren't really making parnasa in the farm. It's, 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 it, the, 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 the farms are all producing far less per year than you would anticipate. And the people who are, who are running some other sort of business, they're making their money into a leaky wallet. That's Saror Nakuv. 
It says, stop and think. Like, you think that now is not the time that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to build Beis HaMikdash. Did you notice what's been going on the last bunch of years? Maybe HaKadosh Baruch Hu is trying to tell you that you're not handling yourself properly. You need to change something. So that's, in a certain sense, sometimes a, even a more powerful type of Muslim. The facts have been in front of you. I, I knew the fact, but I didn't know what it meant. And all of a sudden, says, look! And they say, Taka. Like, we... We were just sort of so busy on the on the treadmill of life. We were just sort of, you know, trying to keep up and, and always hungry and trying to find more to eat. And the farming was never good enough. So trying to do this, this and that. And business never seemed to work out as well as it ought to have. And, and, and Haggai says, just stop and think. Like, take a moment. Zahiris, this is the Pasuk that, that uh, Mr. Sharma quoted from Haggai about Zahiris. He says, just stop and think for a moment. And stop doing just for a moment and just consider the facts. You, you knew the facts. But consider what they mean. And consider what HaKadosh Baruch Hu might be telling you. So there, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was telling them, you're living inappropriately, you're, 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 you're ensconced in your own homes, but you're not taking care of building Beis Hashem. And then he says to them a second time, now that you paid attention to what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is doing, now consider what you ought to do. Here, it's a very positive message, but it's the same, it's the same, same koach. So similar to Yoshua, when Yoshua like took power after Moshe. Yeah. Even though everyone knew that Yoshua was like Moshe's shadow the whole time, he still did like a public like show that he was transferring the power to Yoshua. The smicha. It could be it could be the same here where it's the like smicha. where it's like even though people knew that Batsal was like the guy who did all the smithing and stuff, Moshe needed to so and Hashem needed to tell Moshe, but Moshe said to tell everybody else that it was like Batsal was the guy. He's the man. He's the man. So number one, very good. So number one, understand that that boy, he's not just a boy, he is He's going to be the leader of the project. And and what does that mean, that Kaj Baruch wants to be the leader of the project? It, all of a sudden, you realize the significance. Maybe, 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 as you said, he woke up that morning with the miraculous powers. Or maybe we always knew there was this prodigy, but we never really appreciated what it meant. It was just like a curiosity. Kaj Baruch is a rabosai. Look, you know what this means? You saw, but you didn't see. Appreciate, appreciate what you know. What this means? This means that Kaddish Baruch has been deeply invested. It's, it's like that moment in the Megillah. One of the most pivotal moments all in Megillah is where uh, Kaddish Baruch Hu's name is not mentioned explicitly in Megillah, but there's a lot of Emuna in Ashkacha Pratis. Particularly when Mordechai says to Esther, when she he says you know, we need to do something like Zeres Haman, and she's like, okay, but like now is not the right moment. And he says to her, such a powerful line, Who knows? Maybe this is the reason. Maybe this is the moment for which you were put here. There's a reason why you were here, which, by the way, you couldn't have appreciated this when you first heard the McGill as a kid. But now you can. Now you can appreciate the following. You know what that line tells me? See, one of the things about, the, about, about McGill's Esther that because we take it for granted, we don't always appreciate how long, how much time elapses over the course of Miguel's Esther? A couple months, no? A couple days, a couple months, <laughs> no, or almost a decade. Yeah. Now, a lot of the action happens over the course of a couple of days, <laughs> no, and of course, a couple of months. It's a long time. But, but the, de- but the, the, the deposing, the deposing of Vashti, and the, the second, the, 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 the looking for a queen, and the rise of Esther. So that happens years before 
or anything else happens. That happened years before the meteoric rise of Haman to power and the Gzeir Shmad and that whole almost a year of, of ups and downs for Klal Yisrael. Esther has been in place for years. And before that, that, that process of finding Esther itself took some time. So the, that whole party, which led to the improbable death of Ashti, that happened a long, almost a decade ago. And then Esther was taken. And like, think now for a moment. When Esther was taken, think of what it did to the community in Shushan. Can you imagine like a, 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 a tragically, over the last couple of months, it's, it's easier for us to imagine this. Like, out of the blue, like no one expected that, that Avdi Achashverosh would go in, into that home and drag out Esther, Esther, to be a potential queen, especially the way Chazal presented Masechus Megillah, that she was not particularly, objectively speaking, to the extent that beauty is objective, she was not particularly attractive. And all, all Achashverosh cared about, Achashverosh was a totally superficial man, especially when it came to women. That's painfully clear in the Megillah. Right? They, for him, women were mere objects. No, no one can make anything. It took Esther, and then Esther became the queen. The whole thing was painful and bizarre, and like the the whole community must have been Avelis. And, and it was, and no one knew like what, what, why. But apparently Mordechai had, been, and maybe Esther also had been thinking about it for years. Like there must be something going on. Kadosh has some plan. We have no idea what it is. This just looks like painful, like anything. Gosh, a beautiful girl, a beautiful Jewish girl from a beautiful Jewish family is taken to the king's harem. What? Why? Oy. But somehow, but they obviously have been thinking for a long time. Back and forth. Why not Kadosh Baruch want this? And now Mordechai says, Oh, Esther! Miodea! Maybe this is the answer. We've been wondering for years what and why. This... Now you're going to miss the moment? Kadesh Baruch Hu put you in for years. You've been waiting for this. Don't miss the moment. That's what what the Rabban is saying. Number one, look at this. What what an ace. And particularly, if it happened that morning, look at this ace. Wow. And whether it happened that morning, maybe even more so, if they had known about it for years, but appreciate what this means. We had no idea. Well, why, why was Klaistrov blessed with this? You know, this prodigy. Okay, this seemed like a fluke. This is one kid who someone had this preternatural mechanical sense and like this this intuition for how to deal with things that he didn't have experience with. And Akadosh Baruch Hu says, you know what it means? It means, you know what you're supposed to realize, Klaistrov, that I want this Mishkan badly. What does that mean? That I... HaKadosh Baruch was deeply invested in us. HaKadosh Baruch was deeply invested in, in creating a vehicle to further his relationship with Talisra. And will therefore set up these miracles of, doesn't make any sense on so many levels that you would have people, and particularly a person named Betzalel, who would have all these uh, skills, all these physical skills and all these uh, spiritual capacities. Of the sod. Must he have learned like fully? Right? Like, is it possible to say that in Mitzrayim maybe he was like his job was to work in like the smithing area, and then he learned over time? It could be though the Ramban is on. It could be the other Rishon would take that approach. The Ramban is, is 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 presenting though he thinks that there was no opportunity. 
if he if he was born with this skill, he probably was unusually capable with bricks and mortar also. But still, it wouldn't necessarily I'm translate. Saying, I'm not saying his learning is still not miraculous. The fact that he's, he, he had that opportunity or position at all, or perhaps you know was like seeking around. Just to Punk, he was the one who ended up in the. He happened to be the one who was either or whatever shadowed somebody or watched somebody. I don't know. I'm, I don't. Ramon seems completely baffled at the fact that this guy could even exist. Right. Well, it's more, I'm saying it's miraculous regardless whether or not it's, he was born with into a knowledge of gemstones or he spent his time in Mitzrayim figuring it out. How old is Absalom at this point? And he's like 50s that's, or uh, like 20s? That's or? The argument Midrashim to understand that he was very young, that he was 12. So that's, okay, he's not living in Mitzrayim. Right. Or could it be, could be a people shoot that he was older. It's hard to know for sure. He's a grandson of Hur. He's a grandson of Hur, who appears in the context elsewhere in Kisitsa, in elsewhere in Kisisa, in the context of um, in the context of the the tragedy of the Egalzov. And then, and then, and then, then the Rabban says, "Kihu akore adoras meirosh, kederach b'terem atzarcha b'beti yidaticha b'terem teitz demirecha mikdashticha." Kadosh Baruch had this plan in advance. He actually goes on to say, Chazal refer in various places to this idea of a Sifro Shal Adam Arishim. Here, this is, they tell you in the bottom, this is a Shmos Rabba, Medrash Rabba and Shmos. Kadesh Baruch already showed, the Gemara talks about that, Kadesh Baruch who showed Adam Arishon what, who the certain figures in history would be. Which, which captures so part of what that whether that's meant literally or not, or it's purely a mushal, either way it captures the idea that Hakadosh Baruch Hu already has a plan for all Mazah. Hakadosh Baruch Hu has a plan for the Masorah of Torah, the Masorah of Klal and Hakadosh Baruch Hu has an ongoing shkacha pratis. Hakadosh Baruch Hu has a vision for how all Mazah is going to play out, and at the same time we have Bechir Chavshes. He has certain goalposts in mind that we're going to meet. And, and that Kaddish Baruch Hu isn't just letting things happen on their own. Kaddish Baruch Hu is deeply invested in guiding Torah and guiding Kali So the Shmos Rabbah says one of the things that Kaddish Baruch Hu shows in the Sifro Shalaz Marishon Kaddish Baruch Hu already has a plan in mind for different leaders in different generations. So the Medjish Rabbah is saying not just that Klausel should appreciate, look, pay attention, don't miss the message from HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the, the, the existence of a Basalel tells us something about how invest HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in us, but the Medjish Rabbah says it also means, it is also, the language also referenced to HaKadosh Baruch Hu showed Basalel's name on the ledger to Admiration. This is part of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's, part of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's plan. Part of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's plan. He points out also, and why we skipped, he says, you find Ru'u elsewhere also. Ru'u ki Hashem nasa lachem as ha-shabbos. Akein hu nosin lachem b'yom ha-shishi lachem yomoyim. Sometimes you find elsewhere also, the Ru'u means notice this and appreciate what it what it means. Over Shabbos I heard a line, Shem of Avram Pam, Sechor of the late Rosh Shiva Tarevadas, with the responsibility, with the Achrayas, the Kaychas come. As HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives, gives, gives you, gives each of us responsibility, 
and when we're ready, when the role is ready for you to step into, the kaiches will come also. Now, sometimes we don't believe that we have the capacity to do X, Y, and Z. We don't believe, I feel like I'm a private guy living for myself. I don't think, think of myself as, I'm a guy who's going to impact Kali Yisrael. But as the Gemara says in Yuma, I think, they're going to they're going to call you by name, very similar language to this Pasuk, and they're going to seat you in your place. Now there's a Kaddish Baruch who has visions for people, Kaddish Baruch has tafkin for people, and you can't, and I can't necessarily tell in advance how much of an impact I can make. You can't necessarily tell in advance how much impact you can make. Well, I'm just a kid. What am I going to do? What are my visions? So I learn yeshiva, and I'll... Uh, Get a job and I'll take care of my family. All very important things. But I don't necessarily think of myself as anything but a private citizen. Okay. I'll try to become a Tamukhacham, try to take care of my family, I try to do mitzvahs, which are all incredibly important things. I don't necessarily see myself now at age 17, 18 years old as like I'm someone who can who can impact other people's lives. I'm someone who can impact lives. I can someone who can who can create, who can build. You'll discover, but there'll be a, uh, there'll be moments in your life when when you is saying, here's an opportunity to make more impact than you could have dreamed making. Here's an opportunity to live not just for yourself, but to live for others and to build for others. Miodea, so Esther it was particularly dramatic, but we all have blank. Not that you necessarily became the queen. <laughs> under shockingly unusual circumstances. But but we all have the Mio Demo Eskazosi Gatla X moments. And that's Re Karasi Bashem. That's uh Simulakhandakechim. To sometimes stop and appreciate like Karajbahu put me in a particular situation, Karajbahu equipped me with particular talents, with particular resources. Karajbahu put me in a all of a sudden like I wouldn't have anticipated that I'm in a, in a situation where I can make impact. Positive impact. So when you see that, don't don't just drive by. When you see that, stop. Look, HaKadosh Baruch is giving you opportunity. It doesn't necessarily have to be traumatic. It doesn't necessarily mean you're building the Mishkan, or you're building the Yeshiva, or you're building the Shul, or you're building a new community on a hilltop in Eretz Israel. It might be one of those. Or it might be something less dramatic. But And, and, it, and it's going to happen in less dramatic ways far more frequently than the more dramatic ways. The less dramatic ways happen all the time. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving an opportunity to help someone. All of a sudden, you're at that moment, and there's that kid, and he looks a little down, and it's quiet, and you could go over and just tap on the shoulder and see how he's doing. No, no, no big drama. You're not going to make it, necessarily, make it into Tanakh. You know, it's not like, oh, this is going to be your Megillus Esther moment. Although... Although, although, Chazal have a comment about one person who sought to help one other person, and they talk about how if he would have realized that this would be written in the in the in the Chumash, how differently would he have handled it? Who's the person and who is he seeking to help? And remember, Yosef, exactly, Yosef and Reuven. Chazal come if Reuven would have known that uh, that his attempt to help Yosef is going to be in the Chumash. He would have gone with, you know, even more... What does that mean? What, Ruvain was looking for the covet? What it probably means is something far more significant. 
Reuben didn't realize the full significance of what he was doing. If he realized he was making it to Chubbish, not, oh, if you would know that everyone was watching it's being posted to Instagram. Wahabdal, Alfei, 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 Abdal. No! I mean, if you would have realized the significance of what he's doing, and if you realized also, not only that, that how important this is in the moment, but what Yosef is going to become. This is part of the story of Am Yisrael going into the first Dallas. It's going to make them into Am Yisrael. It's going to bring them to, to Matan Torah and bring them to Eretz Yisrael and make them into Am Segula forever. You thought, you're, you know, here's one guy and I can spend a few minutes and make him feel a little better, which itself is incredibly valuable. But you can change the trajectory of someone's life. That's not overly dramatic. Here's the guy's really down. You don't know what happened. Maybe he's just having a bad day. Maybe he just had a really painful encounter that was uh, deflating in a very significant way. And if you give him some tension and you give him some love, you give him some TLC, that could really put him on a much better trajectory long term. That's incredible. It's a very, very uh, powerful lesson. To, to, to take on, to be willing to take on Achrayis, take on responsibility for others, and admit to Achrayis, come into Kaychus. This is Mamish Nisim. This was Nisim. Again, however you understand, the Ramban certainly, you're right, Yaakov, maybe it was less miraculous. Ramban understands that what happened with Basal was Mamish, Mamish miraculous. But the point of it, whether Kaddish Baruch gives us Kaychus with, uh, with Nisim, Gulim, Nisim, Nastarim, is to appreciate that Kaddish Baruch Hu is indicating to us is an achrayis you can take and the impact you can make. Believe in your capacity to really do important things. This is a big, big insight. Big, big insight. A big, big insight. How can I instruct like a, a kiln and like molds and like anything they needed to to make the Mishkan in the desert? The desert isn't known for being like rich in materials like wood and stone. Yeah. Mostly sand. Yeah, that's a good question. So, the, 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 the wood in particular is probably the biggest kasha. Didn't they bring trees? Oh, exactly. Exactly. Because that's what that means. And, and, and Rebbe Kramitsky has an unbelievable dehar. He tries to trace, he put together enough Midrashay Chazal, and maybe that you know, Yaakov Avinu makes a stop in Beersheba on the way down to Eretz Yisrael. He stops in Beersheba. Rebbe tries to put the pieces together. He stops the way down to Mitzrayim, excuse me, the way down to Eretzah, leaving Eretzah, the way down to Mitzrayim, he stops in the south of Beersheba, which Rabbi Yaakov Kameskin says, Bechlal had been a, it, it's not so significant later in Jewish history, but in Chumash Breshis, Rabbi Yaakov develops that Beersheba was a very, very, very central town in the life of the Avos, if you pay attention to the details of Chumash. And he understands specifically, Yaakov makes a stop in Beersheba, the way down to Mitzrayim, to gather the wood, the trees that Avram Avinu had already planted there, and Yaakov is taking down to replant in Mitzrayim, Atseshitim, that they're going to use when they leave Mitzrayim more than two centuries later, and they'll use that to build the Mishkan. So, so what does that mean? So number one, it could mean that, that, uh, that there was a, a spark of Eretz Yisrael in the Mishkan, this wood originally came from Eretz Yisrael. It's like the Gemara described that there was a very ancient shul in Babel, the Shafi Yasef, the moving shul. What that meant is they had tradition that they, when the Jews left, were taken to Gal's Babel, they took some of the stones of Mikdash with them, or Harabayas, whatever, stones of Yushalayim, and they became the foundation of this this ancient shul in Babel, I believe it was in the town of Naharda. 
It's like they brought a little bit of Eretz Yisrael, a bit of Mikdash with them. So it could be here also, that's Yishitim. They really, this is going back to Mikdash. But Yaakov says there's another piece also. Why didn't they, why didn't they just take, a, why, why you have to bring the Yishitim with you from Eretz Yisrael to Mitzrayim so that more than two centuries later you'll take it out of Mitzrayim with you. So it could be it's the Eretz Yisrael piece. It could be practically Shittim wood were not indigenous, native to, to Mitzrayim. It could be. The third possibility, he says, imagine for a moment that you're a, a little boy growing up in as an, a part of a slave a Jewish slave family in Mitzrayim. No, it's like broken. Decades ago, a century ago, we used to be free people in Eretz Canaan. Those memories are long disappeared. We heard that sometime in the future, another couple of centuries, the Kodesh Brothers take us out of Mitzrayim. That's very hard to hold on to. But he says, but imagine now, it's not just this idea, there's a grove of very, very tall sheetan trees that have been growing there for decades, maybe for a century or more. And they, they were brought down from, they, who knows, if they were planted originally by Ram Avinu, these are, and then they were replanted, they were centuries, centuries old. So it's not just, you heard up as a story, when the when, when when the kids would walk by, the parents telling me, "See those trees? Why are those trees all about so out of place? A grove of acacia trees, of shittim trees." They say that you have a great 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 grandfather Yaakov Avinu, and he was a holy tzaddik in Eretz Yisrael, and he had nevuah, he was close to Boshem, and his father Yitzchak, and his father Avram, and they brought down, they planted these trees, and they brought down these trees so that one day when we leave and we build a mishkan, we're going to build a mishkan takadosh baruch when we leave Mitzrayim, we're going to use this wood. All of a sudden, that's much more tangible. Now you have something to hold on to. And that that he suggests, a very beautiful image. He suggests that's what it gave Klaus, the Atze Shittim gave Klaus for incredible hope. So now, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, build a Mishkan, build a Mishkan with the wood, with the wood that connects you back to the Avas, with the wood that connects you back to Eretz Yisrael, and with the wood that gave kept you hopeful for all these years in Mitzrayim, that would now, you know, that they, for generations, the Jews have been looking at those trees, and now they mamish got to use those trees. They got to use those trees to make our Sinai permanent. That's not stop. That's powerful.